John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Kind of lo- where's the love in this email? Like I, I, I haven't. Yeah. I didn't see it one time. I didn't see. I don't think I didn't see ever in a long, pretty long email. I didn't see anything that says. Our heart, I, our hearts are broken. Our hearts are broken. This. Yeah. Welcome back to the podcast, y'all. Special guest today. Well, you're not special. You're normal. <laughs> special you're norm- <laughs> a normal, normal guest today, Bernie Calcote. Um, yeah. Special, personally special to the podcast. The most regular guest we've ever had. And you're back now. I don't know how many you've been to. Lots. Lots. 50, Thank you guys 60. for like keeping, uh, keep on requesting me to come back. And Grizz, for you to keep asking me to come back. Man, it's a privilege and an honor. Man, no, that, that's exactly how I feel about you because you add to my life. The reason I bring you on this podcast is because you bring to my life so much wisdom and, and so much grounding to whatever I have going on in, in when I have questions. And so I want to bring you here to be able to give that out to the people that ask the questions here because you're just such an asset and you're just so wise. I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much. Um, you are going... This weekend, what you told me as I was setting up this podcast, you're going you're going to do the most physically difficult thing you've ever done in your entire life. Please, yeah, tell and, me that, and possibly the dumbest. I mean, I don't usually know those things do. are tied pretty well. Um, yeah, so I got into trail running a while back, and just uh, I love getting lost in the woods. If you've listened to this for any amount of time, you know I love to get out in the woods with nothing but nature and, you know, talk to God and get lost. Um, so started trail running, kind of got into it and, um, yeah, so I'm going to do a 50 K up in Cleveland, Texas. So and, how long, how far is 50 K? Uh, 32 miles. God. Um, and there's roughly four to 5,000 feet of elevation gain throughout the race. So it's going to be pretty physically demanding. There's a lot of guys out there. I'm sure listening 
who have done you know 50 milers or 100 milers and not a the, lot the ultra no. the ultra world is um is really big and i'm just kind of dipping my toe into it but for me where i'm at in my journey this will definitely be the hardest thing physically uh, possibly mentally because when you get into these things your mind will just you're out in the middle of nowhere it's not like you on a marathon you have like people clapping for you on the side throughout the race it's like you're out there by yourself and your mind can just start <laughs> okay how long will this take you um i'm not sure maybe between six and eight hours like okay never run this course don't really know so okay and what so if y'all want to be praying for something yeah. next saturday or this saturday or it will by the time a, they hear the podcast saturday. it will have already happened yeah That's so it's crazy so if i die in this race i love you guys <laughs> <laughs> this is coming from beyond the grave i'm with jesus uh what tell me about your the the nutrition you have the morning of maybe they'll start with the night before and then the morning of this is so off topic of what we typically talk about on the podcast. I think it's great. So okay. night before, what are you eating? Okay. So <clears throat> pretty much, um, this whole week is kind of a taper week. So you're carb loading. We're eating like pretty much like a raccoon, anything that I possibly can, okay. because I've been burning so many calories doing, you know, six or seven hours of running on a trail per week for the last six, eight weeks. So this week is kind of like you taper down and then you're just eating kind of everything. You, um, I've been coached that you want to eat more sugar than usual. Like I don't usually eat like little candies and stuff, but you want to like lace the muscles with sugar, which I guess is a thing you're going to need whenever you get into endurance. Um, and so the night before, probably something carb heavy. Um, the morning of, I, I've been advised to like probably start um, lower calorie. Um, like you don't want to like load a bunch, but you're going to be eating you know, probably 800 calories uh, per hour, kind of like that you're out there. Um, hydration is another really Where do you put thing. that stuff? Uh, so they have like drop bags that you can have like um, at different locations. Or if you have something like I have like a, a vest that I'll run with, it'll have something in there with water bottles that have, you know, electrolytes, okay. um, sodium, potassium, magnesium in in the water because if you if you lose sodium uh, too much and you get up into the you know tw 20s 30s of, of miles uh, and your body crashes like there's no coming back you get dehydrated you can't get hydrated back enough you know yeah. it's, you're gonna crash so we're just trying to finish we're trying so to stay the healthy the goal we're is to, to finish goal is to finish for me the goal is to finish um i know that some guys just you know are crazy and go for time, but um, I'm just going to try to finish, and then I'll come back and tell you guys mm -hmm. how dumb of a decision it was to sign up for this. So <laughs> that's amazing. But okay. my wife honestly has been super supportive. This, like I said, this is not the wisest <laughs> thing I've ever done, and she has just been amazing and like um, my biggest cheerleader through the training. Um, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's unwise. I don't know. I think Debatable. Test, testing yeah. yourself like that mentally, physically, uh, and it's honestly, it's safely. I mean, you got, yeah. they probably have plenty of paramedics on standby and people yeah, with radios. Do. So it's, it's a safe, you're not, you're not reckless. Yeah. It's not careless. It's definitely not reckless. And I feel like as much as I can have trained for something like this, I've done all that I can for sure. I mean. Is there a risk of um, d doing the, the angle? fracturing the ankles or are the shin splints what what is that when you actually fracture your shins 
Um, well, I mean, you can like David Goggins. Yeah, you can. He, he's a yeah, he's a different guy. But um, you definitely can run into these uh, overuse injuries, which shin splints will be one of those. You know, patella tendonitis. And honestly, if anybody out there is thinking of doing any kind of training for anything that kind of pushes their limits, like Granger said, I think there really is something good about it. The amount of self-discovery that you find just through the training, not even, just getting to the start line, not even the finish and the actual race day, but I feel like I've learned a lot about my ego, which I didn't think I had a lot of, but I do have a lot of ego that I've had to die to and uh, just work through. I think just in that, what you learn in that training of getting shin splints, okay, how do I still got three more weeks of training. How do I like work through these kind of small, you know, injuries or, you know, annoyances to like get out there and just keep going. Um, there's something that's just very enlightening about that whole process that hopefully in the end, what it does is it gets you to the end uh, or to the start line with, confidence and just yeah. understanding yourself a little more whenever you text me something very profound about life or about the bible it's typically after one of your training runs yeah yeah which is interesting because jesus was tempted for 40 days in the desert but he was tempted after 40 days of fasting mm -hmm. no water no food and and that the temptation came at the end of that it's so interesting that that's and that was the beginning of his ministry. That's how his ministry started, was through that temptation first, through that extreme uh, body deprivation. Mm -hmm. And so that it explains why you come up with these profound things that you just think about and you meditate on through the running, mm -hmm. through body deprivation. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Interesting. It, yeah. Well, so on this podcast, uh, we answer your questions. So this is... Un it's, it's uh, very untypical that I would ask questions to someone else. So thank you, dude. Um, I want to mention something coming out of this break. Okay, so after the first break, I want to mention something that I think is uh, very interesting that involves Bernie. I'll talk about it then. So hang tight for about 10 more minutes. Let's get into some questions, which is what we typically do. We answer your questions. Email me, grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Putting my phone on airplane mode to stop getting text. And I'm going to go to the first question I have here. Subject line says, missing toxic people. Email says, hey, I was wondering, how come when I drink, I miss the most toxic people in my life? They used to be my friends. And when I drink, even just with a buzz, I end up messaging them. I became friends with them again before because of it. And it always ends up the same. Very simple email. That's it. Is there a name? Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> uh, no, there, there's, not, there's not a name. Okay. Um, it, it, you, it's okay. The, what's great about this podcast is that I feel like, you know, we're sitting around a campfire and we get to look at things from the outside. We kind of hover over a problem that you're you, the writer of this email, is right in the middle of it. Yeah. And it like doesn't make Can't any sense. Can't see a lot of it. But yeah. then we look over it and we go, all right, bro. It's actually a girl. It's actually a girl. Okay. So we say, sister, <laughs> what, what are you doing? Do you not see the connection between you drink and you miss toxic people? You text them and it ends up being the same. So what's the common denominator in your question? 
What can you control? Yeah. Drinking. Yeah. It's so easy. The one thing you can control is don't drink. And the cycle stops. Yeah, it sounds like those people, the connections that you made with those people were in the context of drinking. Yeah. So <clears throat> even though the people are gone, it makes sense that when you start to do that thing that connected um, connected you, you would think about those people. And in this case, maybe it's an, uh, you're calling them toxic, so it's an unhealthy thing. So um, Don't drink. Yeah. I mean, you could say not drink, or you could say, hey, we probably need to find some new friends mm -hmm. that can help us form better healthy habits around drinking and then make those connections. So whenever you drink, it's in moderation and it's in the context of like, oh, that those unhealthy toxic things are no longer a part of this thing that can still be. And for now, don't drink. But for now, don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next I question. love our like good cop, bad cop. <laughs> next question. This qu the subject line says, I need some advice. Hey, Granger, my name is Brennan. I'm 16 from Colorado. I have liked this girl for a long time. We're best friends. We sleep in the same bed when she comes over and act like a couple besides telling each other I love you. I told her I liked her and asked her out. She told me she liked me too, but wasn't ready for a relationship. So I gave her a year or so and asked her if she would ever want to get back into a relationship with me or I would be waiting for the rest of my life. She told me she didn't know and then got with a boy the next day. They are still together. Mm. Do I let her go? Stay friends. Do I let her know she hurt me? What do I do? Love the podcast. Yee yee. Brennan, Brennan, Brennan. Outside looking in. You're 16 years old in Colorado. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> this is I'm not <laughs> it wasn't a joke, Bernie. Stop it. Granger's on a roll today. Brennan. Don't drink. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. What are you doing, man? I, golly, Brennan, I wish I was in your town with you. I wish I could take you to coffee. All right, can I can I play can to, advocate for yes. Brennan real quick? Yeah, go, go, go. He's sixteen. His brain is not fully formed yet, okay? You got to remember that. 25, if he's 26, maybe we hold him to a higher standard, but Mills, frontal cortex ain't formed yet, man. Okay. He is he's a he's baby. Got, he's got nobody in his life. <laughs> he's got this girl, Brendan, you got this girl coming over and she's staying with you in the same bed. Where yeah. are you staying? Yeah, that's a good right? question. Yeah. Like mom, mom's letting that happen. Yeah, and of course you're gonna like her. Sixteen years old, girl comes uh, over, sleeps in your bed. Yeah, I like her. Yeah, um, yeah. So he's his question is, do I let her go? Let's go through each of his questions. Do I let her go? Yes. Yes. Do we stay friends? No. no. Do I let her know she hurts me? Nah. Yeah. Just block her. Just block her. And and the best thing you could do. Because you said, what do I do? The best thing you could do is learn from this. So this feeling you have right now, this feeling of betrayal. She hurt you. You gave her heart. You gave away your heart. You, you told her everything. You said you, you wanted to be in a relationship. You said you liked her or whatever, whatever you said. You slept with her. All these things that you did. Don't do it again. Because you feel this feeling. You feel what this feels like. You have to think this stuff through. You can't dive in. 
You have to know these things. Just wait. You're 16, just wait. There's no need to jump into this kind of stuff right now, okay? Let her go. Block her. Good? Yeah, good. Okay. Next question. Roland. Subject line. Uh, oh, that wasn't what I just heard. Uh, next question says, Hey, Granger, hoping to keep my name confidential. I was wondering if you could help me. This last December, I had broken up with my girlfriend about a year. It didn't end well. We are both missing each other. I was the one who initiated the breakup, but it was only because I couldn't handle everything in the relationship. During the relationship, we decided we would wait for marriage for anything of that nature. For about four months, we broke up. She decided after one night, she wanted to sleep with another guy off of a limb. I don't know what that means, off of a limb. On a whim? I think it's on a whim. I heard this from one of our friends that she stayed in contact with, and I felt betrayed. Should I not be feeling this way, is there anything that I could do to help myself in this situation, or am I just overreacting? Thanks for all you do. Okay. Man. It's almost the same question. Yeah. It's like the same scenario went down again. Um, Let me rescan here. He initiated a breakup because it was toxic. And you guys decided to wait for marriage. After the breakup, she goes right into a new one. You feel betrayed. Yeah, you should. Leave her. Block her. If it was up to me, I would say next question. But Bernie's got to say something. <laughs> no, I'm trying to find anything to add more than that. Like, I think it's okay to feel what you're feeling and feel betrayed. Uh, for you guys to have this relationship, you did decide to break it off. But, like, you didn't say, hey, let's break it off. And then you go sleep with somebody else. So, I mean, I could see how y'all probably talked about some things. And then she kind of went a different direction. But... I think it's easy to kind of look back and wish that or or kind of see things maybe differently as they were. Um, There was a reason that you broke up. Uh, There's a reason that she is kind of moving in the direction that she is. Uh, I probably wouldn't um, give her any more attention. I would guard your heart and just kind of move on. And same same thing that I would say to this... uh, I don't know how old you are. You didn't say, right? No. But other 16-year-old, maybe you're in your teens, early 20s. Find a hobby. Leave the girls alone for a while, guys. Like, find something that you can just, like, put yourself into. And, uh, yeah, there's there's time for that later on. It's once, good. Once your brain's formed and your heart has a little more experience. It's good. All right. We're going to get into something deeper here. Subject line says, how to help my son. Hey, Granger, hope you're doing good. Been a listener listener of yours for years. Love everything you do. Uh, thanks for being an inspiration. I'm writing you today about my stepson. He's 16 years old. He's into death metal music. Loves horror movies. At times seems infatuated with the devil and all things dark. I am a Christian. And the deeper my faith has gotten over the past few years, the harder this topic seems to be. My stepson and I have gone head-to-head in regards to his clothing choices. He thinks it's fine to wear upside-down crosses, devil pictures, etc. on his clothing. To him, it's just a style, and it doesn't mean anything to him. 
I find this unacceptable. It had gotten so bad at the beginning of the school year that he had threatened to move back to his mom's house because we didn't allow him to be himself. We have tried to compromise to keep him here. It's better and safer environment here than at his mom's. We have uh, allowed him, or at the other home, excuse me. We have allowed him not to attend church every weekend with us. I think he missaid that. I think he missaid that. Just once a month. We've allowed him to, okay, okay, he doesn't want to go to church. I got it. We have allowed him to not attend church every weekend just once a month. Gotcha. <clears throat> he told us when he attends church, he feels like he's being choked. We have slacked off some on the clothing. We said he could wear band shirts if it's a little darker, uh, but that was it. We have drawn the line in the sand in regards to this. Lately, he's becoming more and more into the dark side and ask a lot of questions about the Antichrist, exorcisms, and even gone as far as to pretend he's possessed to try and scare us. We have told him to stop, but he thinks it's quite entertaining to get us worked up. Tonight, uh, at our younger son's baseball game, he told my husband and some family that I am scared of him. He finds joy in this. My question is, how do we handle this? What's a good next step for us? Uh, I feel like I have tried to stand our ground and really nothing has helped. He is currently in counseling and the counselor says she is working on this as well. Any advice would be great. God bless. Anonymous. Um, recapping for me, this is a woman speaking about a stepson. So she has married a man and this is, this is her new husband's son who's 16. The mom, the biological mother is not a, is, it doesn't, have a good living situation. Okay. Um, I think those are my facts here mm -hmm. and not too much mentioned about dad. No, not a lot of mention about dad, which is important. So that, that, uh, that was the first thing I was wondering, where's dad? What's he doing? Yeah. Um, first just want to empathize. Like I, I can only imagine what you're going through, uh, with a child, even, you know, if it's a stepchild, uh, not a bio, uh, even so, this just has to be really heartbreaking for you. And I, I don't want to minimize the weight of the responsibility and the burden that you're probably carrying seeing this play out. So I just want to say that first. Yeah, I agree. What I want to do, uh, because I think this is complex, and I, I have some stuff to say. I want to I really dig into this. So I want to take a break come back and get back to this question because we're running a little bit long okay we'll be right back thanks for listening to the podcast y'all you know if you ever want to get a hold of me get a personal message from me the easiest way to do that is cameo.com slash granger smith you go there and you you request anything you want me to say and you fill it out, and it's super simple. It goes to my phone, and then I record you a video message back. So it could be like, happy birthday, mom, or, or congratulations on graduating to my son or my brother, or happy anniversary, or baby announcement, or uh, encouragement words. It could be really anything. And I've been doing Cameo for several years. And it goes on my phone, and it gives me a few days to record it. And then, you know, if I'm if I'm on the road and some some reason I don't get it in time, it just kicks it back up and allows me to, to have a few more minutes to do it for you. It's super easy. You could also download the Cameo app and search for me, Granger Smith. It's an easy way for us to stay in touch and for you to get uh, a personalized video from me straight from my phone. 
And although I am quitting touring, that is correct, I am quitting music touring, I'm still doing Yee Yee Apparel. Like, that's not going away. So yeeyee.com is still alive and well. My brother Parker is still running it. And my brother Tyler is still working with us. So is Chris. Everyone's still on the team. I'm just not music touring. Does that make sense? So yeah, Yee Yee, you can still rock it. Back to the podcast. All right, back to the podcast. I promised something at the very beginning of last break that I was going to say something after the break. And here we go. I feel like me and you could do a live podcast one of these days. Agreed. I've mentioned it before. And now that touring, we've announced music touring is over. I feel like it would Wait, be... Wait, you're not touring anymore? You know. This. Come <laughs> on, man. So I feel like now that, now that I have availability, not that I have a lot of time, but um, there's time for the podcast now to travel. So I kind of want to know if you comment below here, if you're able to comment, if we should do like a test city or if we should just go out and do like three cities. If you want to do a din, like should we do a dinner with tables or should we just do a theater where you're sitting in seats? Um, and would you come? Yeah, would you come? And so it'd be like we, we would have a stage and we would have like a couch or something and and we would have these microphones and we would just hold them and then we would have people out in the crowd and they would we'd have somebody walking around a microphone someone has their hand up mm-hmm. you basically just i'm spitfiring here you just go out and hand them the microphone they ask the question and me you and chad and parker or whoever or just me and you or whatever slowly walk through it like a campfire mm-hmm. could really? we have a campfire on the side? maybe we maybe, should, a maybe we should make a fake, campfire, fake yeah. campfire yeah um i love it i'm in okay back to the the question at hand here this is uh, the question about the stepson. Mother is writing about her stepson who's 16 and he's into all this uh, satanic stuff. And she says she's a Christian and as her faith has gotten deeper, this is harder to accept this kind of stuff from her stepson. All his choices and what he's doing and she's forcing him to go to church once a month. Um, so the first thing I want to do here is I want to take this mirror and kind of flip it around a little bit to to the writer of this email a little bit. We're, we're looking a lot at the stepson, and I want to kind of make sure that we're looking at ourselves in the mirror here, making sure we're not becoming the Pharisee and saying, I tithe and I, I do this and I do that, and, and I pray a thousand times a day, and thank God I'm not like this poor tax collector. And then you, you get this idea of the tax collector who beats his chest and says, oh God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And I'm not saying that the 16-year-old is repenting in, in any way. I'm just saying we have to be careful when we're just going, oh, this person is despicable to me and I'm drawing a line in the sand and I'm dragging them to church. What kind of, what kind of lo- Where's the love in this email? Like I, I haven't, yeah. I didn't see it one time. I didn't see, I don't think I didn't see ever in a long, pretty long email. I didn't see anything that says our heart, I, our hearts are broken. Our hearts are broken. This. Yeah, we love him. We love him. He has, he has, so much going for him in life, and and it just breaks my heart to see him on this path. 
Where's that? I said, mm-hmm. we have to start there. And I think if you don't start there and you, if you don't feel that, and if that's not part of, of your, your, your intention, are you a Christian too? Are you? Yeah, I think that's a great thing to ask yourself because if you and Grizz and I and anybody out there listening like actually stop and consider the grace that we have been given mm. and we have received that free gift, um, there's, there's nothing but that same grace that we would want to extend to others, even a stepson who, you know, may seem like he is just, you know, uh, completely gone. Um, first of all, that grace will be the only thing that um, corrects his course or or guides his course in a way that you really want. Mm. Um, it's it's not going to be by your condemnation, your rules, your laws, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think with echoing what Grizz just said, I think you got to stop and consider God's grace in your own life. Do you really get it? Do you really understand it and accept it and then extend it? Mm. And if not, that's okay. His, his mercy's new every morning. We get to wake up and, and say, you know what? I haven't been that gracious. I haven't been that patient. And maybe think of ways that you get to extend that to him. And I guarantee you, just knowing um, the truth of, of grace and love and, and, and what it will beget and what condemnation and law and uh, rules will beget, I guarantee you, if you start that process with him, it may take a little while and it may push you past um, your comfort level. You know, speaking of like endurance and like pushing yeah. past your comfort level, it may yeah. push you there, especially with a child. Um, but if ultimately what you want is for him to be in the arms of God and in God's grace and living a healthy, obedient life in that way, um, I think grace is going to be your avenue to do that. Yeah, it's so well said. And uh, ma'am, I, I, we, have to, we have to also put ourselves in his position. Look, look at the world from his position. He's got a, he's got a split family. Mm-hmm. His mom, whatever's going on at mom's house, you say it's not a good, it's not a good place to be. So he's got that going on. You didn't mention anything about dad. The guy's got a lot going on. And, and w- when someone is outside of Christ, as obviously this 16-year-old kid is outside of Christ, right? When someone is outside of Christ, then it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me anything that they would do. It doesn't surprise me if you said he's... He's shaving his head and he's joining all kinds of racist organizations. Or he's, go, he's going off and he's chasing aliens in Roswell, New Mexico. Or he's out there and like throwing flowers with hippies. He's out, he's out dressing up as, uh, as bunny rabbits and hopping around Istanbul. It could say, you could say anything and I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to be surprised. It just so happens this particular story is death metal and horror movies and gothic type uh, Satan worship. It doesn't surprise me. I'm, I don't, there's not a level, once you're outside of Christ, there's not a level of surprise that I, that I get. I just go, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It doesn't have the Holy Spirit living in them. What do we expect? So 
with everything we've said, kind of the foundation of what we built, that come at this as grace, look at yourself. Uh, are, are you yourself saved? Are you coming at this with love, um, mercy, with all that? Now, let's look at where's your common ground? Someone's going to have to find common ground with this kid, whether you or the dad. I'm hoping it's the dad. Mm-hmm. But if not, what's common ground? What's something you both share that you like? Is it a food? Is it a vacation spot? Is it, we know it's not music. Is it any, where is the common ground? Lean into that. Mm-hmm. Learn, learn to play a video game. I'm telling yeah. you, learn to play a video game. If that means you're going to be in there with him. If you're going to be in there with this video game that he plays at 10 o'clock at night, be in there with him and play it and challenge him in it. If that means quality time together to build something. If he loves grilled cheese sandwiches, learn to make them good. Mm -hmm. Learn to make them better than anyone. If he's an early riser, I don't think he is. If he's an early riser, learn to make pancakes and have them ready when he gets up. Find the way to his heart. So that you yeah. could you could empathize with him, so that you could find common ground, so then you could earn his trust through that. Stop condemning this kid. Stop dragging him to church once a month. He, of course, he feels choked. He's outside of Christ. It doesn't. It's foolish to him. The gospel is foolish to this kid because he's outside of Christ. Yeah, priest brother, that's good. Yeah, I I think that everything that Granger is saying is. Like, if we define grace as unmerited favor, like, he doesn't deserve for you to find out how to make his favorite grilled cheese sandwich or to to do all the things. And someone that is full of hate will not live in a house of grace. If you create a house full of grace, he will either align or he will leave. And those are two realities that you're probably going to have to face, if not now. Mm down the road. Mm. He's he's not even yours. Yeah. He he's his his future, his destiny is not really in your hands to control or to conform. What we get to do is steward them in the way of grace, create a house of grace, and maybe he will start to align. He'll start to be like, "Oh, cuz he'll start to see the healthy habits." But if you're if your house is dirty, you can't point at him and be like, "Why are you dirty?" Take a second, look around the house. I think if we, you know, start there, like you said. Yeah. Like my, uh, my neighbor told me this story, and they've got a 16-year-old son. And he is in, he's in high school, you know, first year in high school. He's driving, and he's, he's really into football. He's gone all the time because he's either doing some kind of two-a-days or training or, or weightlifting something or speed camp or football, and it's a new school for him, so he's got his friends. And so he drives and he's gone most of the day. He pops in, he does something, and he goes back out. And he's most nights during the week, he's missing dinner. And it was like making the mother upset. She's like, I, you know, I miss my son. He's not here. You know, I'm, I'm tired of just taking food and putting a you know, paper towel on it, putting the fridge and writing a note said, I'm tired. She says, I'm tired. Like, I've got a busy day too. You know, I've got three other kids besides him. And so, you know, I've got to make sure the house is clean and then, by the time we finish dinner, he's not even home, so I have to put it in the fridge, and then I just, and then I get upset, and then I have to get ready for bed, and I'm like, hey, you have to, you have to fend on your, by yourself on this stuff. And then she said, then I realized what I was doing. She said, I, I had to realize that I needed to be connecting with him, 
So I decided one day to wait for him and make whatever he wanted to eat. So he came home at like nine o'clock. Instead of that's the time I'm getting ready for bed, she says. Instead, I said, what do you want to eat? And I heated up dinner and I made it and I put it on the table. And all of a sudden, for the first time in months, he started talking. Because, mm-hmm. you know, teenagers can go through this thing where they're just like, well, uh, yeah. uh, no, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. No. I don't know. <laughs> so all of a sudden, he's opening up. He's talking about his day. He's sharing a meal with mom. And she's like, this is it. I, she, had a, she had to sacrifice her time. At, at some, you know, nine o'clock. We all, as parents, we know that's like a good time for us. <laughs> she had to sacrifice that. And the son opened up and talked. And it was a huge breakthrough. And I was like, yeah. praise God, that is an amazing thing. So that's yeah. what I'm pleading with you, ma'am. Yeah, that's I, good. Find a breakthrough. It's, it's somewhere, every 16-year-old kid, there, there's a breakthrough somewhere. Find it. You will. And then preach the gospel. Yeah. All right. That took a little bit, but that was a complex question. Yeah, and I think applicable to a lot of people out there that are parents, maybe seeing their kids do things that you're like, I don't understand it. Um, yeah. Another one. Complex. Subject line says military plus stay at home dad question for podcast. Hey Granger, my husband is about to retire soon from having served 20 years almost in the military. He has been on seven deployments. He's been the absolute best worker and then best leader he could possibly be and deserves every bit of this retirement. He will be 39 at retirement. When asked what he would like to do next, his answer to everyone is stay at home, be a dad, raise his kids, homeschool them, teach them everything from household chores to gardening to the Bible. You could see it in his eyes and hear it in his voice. This is truly what makes him happiest. I am a veteran myself. Currently, uh, I have a great part-time job that I love, working about 24 hours and making good money, $70 an hour. I love working and would be happy to work while he's at home with our children. My only concern is, is this unbiblical and dishonoring God's instruction? Is it okay for him to retire and be the stay-at-home dad that he's always dreamed of being while I work? Will he or I or both of us be disobeying God? Thank you so much. I think it's a fair question, but I'm going to say no. Do you, uh, yeah. maybe you have a, a little bit more insight. It sounds awesome, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to, I, I want to kind of go back to this a little bit. Um, we're kind of throwing around that term loosely, stay at home, dad, but he wants to raise the kids, homeschool, homeschool them. them. That's a full-time job. That is a full-time job. Yeah. Teach them everything, household chores, which is another big job, gardening, all this kind of stuff, and the Bible. Um, I'm going to say something here. In a way, this is what he's wanting to do is what every dad did 150 years ago. Yeah, it's true. 200 years ago, 500 years ago. Like, it's what they did. For most of history. <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't leave to go to a workplace like we have in our minds now. Like, we look at biblically— the man should go work, and we think that means we get in the car and commute down the highway to an office building. But work always, forever, meant you're working at home in the garden and doing chores and fixing fences and harvesting vegetables and putting out new crop and teaching the kids school. 
and teaching them the Bible. It's just what they did. So I don't see any problem with this. Yeah, it's yeah, it's very biblical if that's the lens you're looking through. But also, it's just kind of awesome. It's like we've we've lost kind of the apprenticeship. Hey, you know, watch me do it. I watch you do it. Then you do it. Kind of process of like kids actually learning how to do things by sitting next to us watching it. Yeah. Um. So I, I, maybe I cool. maybe when you go to church and things like that, and you're discussing this, um, maybe change your language about it mm-hmm. instead of saying well now he's retired and stay at home dad don't say yeah. it that way say say he retired from the military but now he's working um around our house gardening teaching um learning having apprenticeships you know you could word it in a different way where it doesn't sound kind of condescending it almost sounds condescending the way you're saying yeah it. if you if you say he's he's now homeschooling our kids it's like whoa yeah <laughs> Let me say something that you don't know, Anonymous. Let me say something. This is not the end of his story or yours. He's 39. He's had an incredible um, career with seven deployments. Um, So thank you for your service and thank you for his. But this is not the end of his story. He might might think that next is home gardening teaching. Give it five years. Something's going to come up. Yeah. He's going to want to invest in something or try something or work at the church or something. Something's going to come up. I promise. This is just a dream that a 39 year old has going, Oh man, you know, what's going to be awesome. Putting tomatoes and okra in the garden. Well, and he's probably missed if he's been on seven deployments, he's probably missed out. Great point. Being home. And so this is kind of the compensation, like the great point. So if he's been on seven deployments and say, does she say what, what branch, if it's army, that means seven years. Yeah. He's been gone, maybe more, out of the kid's life. Now he's going to pour back in and invest back into the lives of the kids that he missed out on. Great point. Yeah. I think there's nothing wrong with this. Yeah. I'd kind of like to meet the guy, honestly. Come to a podcast show, or is it a podcast show? What are these tour things called? Like a, We're making it up as we go. Like a podcast. Uh, podcast live recording. Live recording, yeah. Um, let's do one more and if we could try, this is a common, but difficult question. We'll try to make it quick here. It says, Hey Granger, my name is Forrest. I was wondering why some people suffer from mental illness. Why does God allow that to be a thing? The reason I ask is because I've been clinically diagnosed and at times I wonder if I'll always take medicine for what I'm diagnosed with. I feel like you're about to preach a sermon on this, right? So. Well, kind of. I, I mean, well, not specific. I'm in a class right now in seminary called "The Problem of Evil," mm. and and so I've just been reading all different kinds of books on evil, and and usually what it comes down to, really the the question the the core question that people are going to ask is either why does God allow evil, or because of the existence of evil that proves there is no God. Mm. Right. And so that's something that Christians need to think through. It's also very biblical. If you read the book of Job, it is it is all throughout the Bible. But I don't think that's what you're asking for us. I don't think you're asking for some kind of great uh, theological interpretation of evil in the Bible or in the world or the existence of it or God's uh, allowance of it or or God raising his hand in evil, the the 
entrance of evil. I don't think you're asking any of that. Um, in fact, you didn't even use that word. You're, you're calling it suffering or mental illness. Why does God allow that to be a thing? So there's, that's a specific piece of evil, mental illness. Um, and the, 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 what you're asking is, I hope, God, what are you showing me through this? What are you showing me? Now, I've, this is the thing. I've been clinically diagnosed. I, I have been given medication. God, what, what is the purpose of this so that I can glorify you? Because my purpose is to, to give you glory. How is mental illness a component in that? And I can't help you totally with that, Forrest. But I will say that's a place to start. That's a place for you to start thinking. Instead of thinking, why did he allow it? What's the, what's, why is, you know, this, this can't be good? Instead, this is me. This is what I have. How am I going to glorify God? And I could tell you right now, there's a lot of options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Anyone yeah, could ask this question. I could ask the same thing for us. I could say, how could a dad who lost his son glorify God through that? Yeah. Any of us could, whatever affliction we have it currently, and we have them yeah. all, any of us could ask that same question with our afflictions. Yeah, I think this is one of those things where the live recording and having you guys, you've yeah. mentioned it before, yeah. being able to ask like the follow-up, because if you um, have surrendered your life to Jesus and you are spending time in the Word and, and seeking to glorify God with your life like Granger's talking about, um, this is a different, uh, maybe not a different answer, but a different conversation that we are having. Um, if that is true, what I want to remind you of, and, and anybody out there who is in this suffering, who has that heart of surrender and, and want for obedience, is that we are but a mist, guys. Like this life mm. is going so fast, and there's going to be eternity, eternity that there will be no mental illness. You won't have to carry this this mm. burden and this suffering any longer. And if we can just wait a little while, if we can just hold on to that hope that is in Jesus, that you, by your wounds, I am healed, and one day this is waiting for me, and that I will press on towards the goal. Like, I am going to keep carrying this suffering because I know that in this, you have also suffered to the extent with me and it's just for a little while. It feels like forever in this life with this earthly body. It feels too much. But guys, it is going so fast. And eternity will start and you will enter. And all of that will be gone. So good. What Bernie's saying is the answer to the problem of evil is always found at the foot of the cross. Mm. The gospel of Jesus Christ, your suffering Savior, who suffered innocently for the rebellion of the guilty that we are, for our sake. At that point, everything is resolved. We should leave it with that. Yeah. Love you guys. See you next Monday. (laughs) 
Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.